0: Welcome to In Focus. I'm John Lieberman, joined by a very special guest. Bonin Bao is joining us. Bonin, good to see you. Good to see you too, sir. Hey, if we ran down your resume, it would take half the show. So I'm going to mention a few things. Right. Uh, CEO of Open Message, digital marketing guru, author of Text Me, Your Phone's Changed Your Life, Let's Talk About It, and also participant in SAP IO Foundry, uh, which is that global network of startups at SAP helps to mentor. So certainly lots of uh, street cred for you, Bodden.
1: Well, um, I'm just excited to be a part of the SAP group. It's, uh, you know, you guys uh, provide a huge opportunity, I think, for any startup that's lucky enough to make it. I know that we were one of hundreds, and so I feel very blessed that we made it through, and so we're excited. You know, so
0: let, let's jump in. We talked the other day on the phone, and you mentioned something really interesting. How do you find the creativity in chaos? Now, I know we have chaos right now. I mean, you're looking at, you know, facing a global recession. There's supply chain issues. There's, you know, so many people out of work. So my question is, how do you create creativity? What is creativity in chaos?
1: You know, we've been trying to talk, we've been talking about this, thinking about it. I really think first and foremost, it starts with understanding the real human need that sits uh, at the center of this, which is uh, one, people are going to go through tough times. And so what are the things that you can do as a human and as a business to help ease some of those tough times and help make sure that we end up on the right side of history. I mean, you see stories popping up from all over the place. Everything as simple as the pizza woman in LA, the pizza owner in LA, you can imagine what her small business is going through. I'm sure that she's struggling just to keep the doors open, but she's making pizza and delivering it to hospitals and police stations to our first responders. And so, and at the end of the day, those are the type of things that um, really bring connectivity and community, which I think we're all craving, to the people who are closest to you know to you and your business and I think that that I mean you guys are doing some great stuff I know the Qualtrics team is giving away all of their services for free to uh, LA state government to help survey the people to understand what the impact of corona I know you're doing a lot of that stuff with other municipalities so that we can really provide everything we can uh, to help and you look at I think some of the best creativity is the folks. What we don't understand is when you think about large organizations, I spent my five years at PepsiCo, five years at Mondelez, and you look at the complexity. I was on the phone with some Pepsi guys, and they're like, look, we were on the phone with the president, and he's like, just keep shipping water. So now these guys have to figure out how to get the frontline workers who are also worried about infecting their families, but at the same time are so essential to our supply chain to be motivated, inspired, and ramp up production at the same time. And then you got guys like, what Estee Lauder is doing, and they're changing all their facilities to create hand sanitizer and using the, you know, and so that's the type of creativity, I think, that you have to employ with inside of a chaotic environment, and that's the, those are the types of examples that I find the most fascinating and the most amount of human ingenuity that we're seeing put to the test. I mean, people changing factories to create ventilators, you name it.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, and that's one thing that's come out of this is, as you alluded to, you've seen these big companies pivot in a matter of a week or two, you know, like you said, automotive makers, now making ventilators, fashion designers making masks. That's pretty remarkable when you think about how quick they were able to
1: pivot. Yeah, you, I mean, you know, try to get a a program through the doors of a company like that in two weeks and it'll take you, you'll be there for a lifetime. So to see them pivot this way, but it just speaks to, uh, you know, how much, people are pulling together and you're talking about companies that are doing this on a global level. So we're seeing gowns being created here in the U S but they're doing this across the globe and at a scale we've never seen. And it's great to see the business community really come together because what people forget, I used to tell people when I was at PepsiCo is look, we operate in more countries than the UN, so if you want to get life-saving medicine to people in the farthest-reaching areas of the world, you put them on the back of a Pepsi truck, and so we forget the depth of how far and deep these companies go into society. And so, and also just think about the retailers. From open message, you know, without plugging, we have a uh, one of the larger grocery chains in the Midwest, and we've pivoted using text to now give simple things, which was like shopping lists, like what do you buy, how do you, uh, what, are you vegetarian, are, do you eat meat, here's a week-long shopping list that's quick for you to buy, that's story and then here's links to recipes or helping understand when is toilet paper available. How do you control flows so people, you know, everybody wants to get supplies, but we will make sure that you get it in a structured fashion so you're not in congested stores. You know, that was in the beginning of this.
0: You know, I've, I've seen you talk about innovation and value creation through the lens of disruption.
1: Is what we're seeing now kind of the epitome of disruption? It is the uh, <laughs> the biggest epitome of disruption I think that we've ever seen, and I think that the value creation that's going to be created now is not really at this moment about how do I monetize. Although, trust me as a small business owner, the only thing I wake up and think about every single day is how do I make sure that the people who work for me are able to you know feed their family. But it's really going to become how do I create value for consumers that ease the pain and help us get back to normalcy as fast as we can, given the issues that we have. And at the end of the day, whatever efforts I have to put and whatever resources I have to put against that, I know that by being on the right side of history, I will figure out a way through this.
0: Yeah. You know what another challenge is for business is this idea of we want our employees to be creative, and to keep working, but there are all these disruptions in their lives. The kids are at home, so they're homeschooling. Your 401k is dipping. Your family is sick. I mean, so that's a huge challenge for business right now. Do you have tips for kind of, I guess, A, keeping the employees engaged and keeping their creative juices flowing while they're balancing what I call life?
1: I'm glad you call it that. It's because uh, that's it is it is even maybe crazier than we thought life would actually be, at least at this moment. You know, one of the things that again I try to focus on, and you know, we have portfolio companies. We have our our investment group, uh, which I've kind of shifted. Really, let Justine, who's the CEO of that, really focus on running that. While I'm really focused on OM right now, but. It's, I think it starts with empathy and just really understanding and really getting to the bottom of what's happening in your employee's current situation without prying too personal, but to understand what they're going through so you can put in perspective the types of asks that need to happen because business hasn't stopped or is ground to a halt, but at the same time, we're still trying to keep the engine running so that we can be prepared to come out of this on the other side. So you're still doing work and asking employees to do stuff and understanding, do they have an elderly parent that they're taking care of? Do they have somebody who's sick in the house? Are there kids at home? And how do you then make sure the whole team understands that or sections of the team so that you're structuring the way that you engage around that? And you're, again, being very empathetic at this point in time. And so I have, you know, we have a distributed team, one in Columbia. We got another in Houston. And then we have some, a team in, in New York. And we have people who, again, have elderly parents that and one of the things, and we have people who have families at our home. So, you know, I know we all work a 24-7 kind of day, but now we're trying to be laser focused on making sure that we uh, cut off the day as early as we can, even though we might have to do some spot work so that people can spend time with their family. And honestly, I think right now, as crazy as it is, there is a, a lining, you know, a silver lining and a blessing here that many times we don't get to share that kind of time with our family. And here we are, we're with them, good, bad, or ugly, but we're with them for now a lot more than we usually would be because we don't, we're not leaving and going to work. And there's something special about giving people the time to embrace that and actually have this come out as a positive for the rebuilding of relationships, the being able to still stay home with elderly who you don't get to see all the time or spend time. I know I'm enjoying being able to spend every night, three hours a night on a Zoom call with my dad going through the half a million photographs that we digitize and having them talk about it. And that's time that I usually wouldn't have. And so... That is, you know, those are beautiful things. So I think the biggest tip is to be empathetic, and then to really, really think about how do you structure the workday so that it works around what the different needs are of the people who work for you.
0: You know, what's interesting too, you talk about empathy, and I actually think coronavirus, it's it's kind of the great equalizer, right? right. Because the CEO is having the same issues, and the CMO with their kids at home and homeschooling as say you know, somebody who might be an entry-level employee. So this is actually, I think, one lasting lesson we are going to have to your point is more empathetic leaders.
1: And we're also seeing, because it's it's non-discriminating towards industries, but we're seeing industries get... I mean, think if you are in the tourism industry. We were just on the phone with one of the big tourism associations. I was supposed to be speaking there in a a couple months, and you just hear the horror stories. I have friends at Carnival. I mean, like, think about what you talk about 401K. I mean, think about what these guys are going through, not even being able to see. And still, even through that, when you think about, like, what Four Seasons and all these guys are going through, Four Seasons is opening up in New York, their 57th Street Hotel, paying the employees to come in so that they can give rooms to doctors so they don't have to commute back and forth. I mean, that, you know, and so I think to your point, empathetic leadership is being born or we're being reminded of, or whichever the case is, is that we're seeing people, even through their own struggles, put themselves aside and at the same time make sure that whatever they can do to help, they're doing to help. And I think. That's what you have to do for your people. That's what, you know, like I can tell you, I know many small businesses, those owners, they're not drawing salaries right now. They're pulling off of their savings. They are just trying to keep not even their business because they could fire everybody. They're trying to keep the people who have helped them build something. They're trying to help keep them afloat. Yeah,
0: it's huge. And I know you've invested and run small businesses. So I know you can feel their pain. I mean, while we're on the topic what do you tell a small business owner who might only have enough cash on hand for a month or two if no revenue comes in, if that? I mean, what, what do they do to get by?
1: I think really, again, there is something around. The first is how do you figure out how to pivot the business to some extent? There are still people who want to support your business from the community. They just can't get to it. They can't walk in it. I heard of a nail salon. Now they're doing sending, delivering little nail kits and then they're doing lessons online and they're just asking for a nominal amount of money. If you sign on to take, you know, the Zoom call to take the lesson to do your nails or to. And so I think that the very first thing you have to start with, and this is kind of where we are, which is, okay. first get a handle on your finances. What is my ground zero right now? And what am I looking at Two what do I, this is not a time to be putting people out, and I realized, but what do I have to do to keep the essential pieces running for the longest period of time I can foreseeably see? And can I have conversations with some of my employees that are like, hey, can we do 30% reduction? Can we? So I think that is really the first starting point. As hard as those conversations are, there is a, a hole that you're also supporting. I think that's first. And then the second is really, what can I do? What things can I think about to begin to generate some type of revenue, even if it's small amounts. And then the third piece is what can I also do today to make sure that I'm connecting with my consumers, my most important consumers, so that when I come out of this, I can hopefully dig out of the hole really quickly because that's the other piece is that loss of connection to the customer. And right now people are at home. They got not a lot of time, but they, they're craving and so how do I get on a Instagram Live and do, a if I'm a restaurant, do a cooking show and I know people are at home cooking and they're trying to figure out, you know, and they're not great cooks. How can I provide that connectivity to them? And what can I do? Can I take questions on how to make X, Y, and Z and retain that connection? Because hopefully this is shorter than we, than we, than we have been projecting, hopefully. Um, but even if it is what we projected, we are gonna come out of this and you're gonna need those important customers to help you ramp and dig out fast. And then the last piece is really paying attention to all of the services that are being provided. There is money that has been put in the relief fund, even for startups here in New York, and small businesses are about to see, you know, so making sure that you're applying for all of those those. Uh, things that are available, and then reaching out to your community and seeing what support you know they can provide, and then of course, unfortunately, last we are going to see some people. You know, we the one thing is we are going to see some things come out in this market, which is going to be there's going to be a lot of loans and a lot of lending, like we saw. I think you know, unlike we saw in 2008. You know we're going to see a lot. So just as a small business, know that I'm sure uh, you know you're getting calls now. Just be very cautious around interest rates, and just be very careful to protect yourself there because you don't want to make yourself your situation even worse than it is today. And then the last piece is unfortunately there are you are going to have to potentially make some tough decisions, and just know that you're you've done the right thing on the journey till today, and you will be able to rebuild and pick back up tomorrow if. That is unfortunate the way that things have to happen, and you know I'm happy to talk to any small business owner. And I know there's a lot of people, Mark Cuban, and resources out there for advice and tips specific to your business.
0: Yeah, that's that. That's great, and I hope a lot of small businesses reach out to you because they need some guidance right now. And what I'm hearing you what I'm hearing you say is build the connections. Yes, you have to worry about the revenue. But build the connections so that when you are ready to sell somebody something again, they're already a part of your tribe.
1: That's the thing that tribes will carry you through. People who yeah. feel connected to you will come back and carry you through this, you know. And so that's why, you know, providing as much value as you can to your tribe and growing your tribe, whatever you can today, is going to benefit you tomorrow. And now is the best time to really build that one-to-one connection because people are craving it.
0: Last question for you, Vaughn, bon, and then I know we have to let you go, but I've seen some media reports pretty much criticizing some brands for looking opportunistic in this environment. What do you say to brands about kind of towing that line between looking opportunistic and yet, you know, providing goods and services that help during this time?
1: I, again, you know, it comes down to the leadership of those organizations. Who's going to be on the right side of history? Who's going to look themselves in the mirror and say, "I'm doing the right thing. I'm not taking advantage of a situation. I'm not just changing my advertising. You know, for I am actually trying to deliver a service that's going to add value." But look. Value creation in this time can happen in so many different ways. Like, I just do an Instagram live coffee break, and all I do is try to tell jokes and funny stuff, because so many people are not, you know, they just don't have a time to take a moment to, to, to sit back and laugh, right? And I think we just need that. Um, or you look at a lot of announcements have come out about music festivals that are being launched virtually. Look, people don't have entertainment. They don't have live entertainment that they can go to. Coachella, I mean, you name, said so And Are people going to have their brand on it? Is that brand connection? Is that, you know, creating something that also creates mutual value for you? Yes. But at the end of the day, it starts with that nugget of really, really, really creating value for the consumer first, and then seeing what the benefit will be uh, longer term, most likely for for you and your organization. But um, of course, it comes down to leadership and who be on the right side of history. That's the only thing I can say. That's really. And I think, you know, kind of one last word is that you know, try to maintain some semblance of mental health. I know that, uh, you know, there are a lot of people out there that are going stir crazy. And I uh, just want to make sure that uh, you take some time to take care of yourself and take a breath and just, you know, give some time to think about uh, all the amazing things that are, are in the world today, too. But I know it's crazy out there. In fact, I, uh, I found myself the other day, I, I I was I struck up a conversation with a spider, which it, it sounds nuts, but he was a really nice guy. In fact, I found out that he's actually a web designer. So there you go. You
0: took my last question, Bon, and I was going to say, make us laugh.
1: Uh, <laughs> you've,
0: been doing, you've been doing this a long time. He's Bon, <laughs> bon and thanks so much for your time. And uh, we'll make sure people know how to get a hold of you if yep. they need some advice in these very uh,
1: challenging times.
0: We appreciate actually, your
1: time. Just text me, and I'm happy to respond. i respond to everybody. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure, and I'll talk to you guys soon.
0: All right. Good to see you. Be safe, be well, and best to your family.
1: Thank you. Likewise. Thank you.